Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you're in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it. Then we're done. And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man. Now wipe the crust out of your eyes. Get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. Let's get it. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Good people. It is Wednesday, July the 27th, 2022. Y'all decided to wake y'all asses up with Ray G. And for that, I appreciate you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being in the building, giving us uh, 45 minutes of your day to go over all kinds of madness in the uh, the NFL world, the college football world, the sports world, training camp. We, we are underway. It's going down. There are contract clauses coming out, all kinds of crazy shit that's going on in the NFL world that we got to talk about, we got to discuss today. Jay Rich, how you doing, my friend? How you doing this morning, big dog? Oh, I'm so honored. You said hi to me before the people, right? Yes, Thank man. you so much. I'm, I'm excited, man. We got some training camp news. We have some pretty interesting news out of Arizona, so I'm excited to talk about that. But good morning to everybody out there, and now you can say good morning to everybody, but thank you for bringing me in first. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, I gotta do that, man. I'm, I'm I'm excited to talk to you today. We all black today. Black prize picks, black hoodie. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? We, we, we getting it popping this morning. Good morning, uh, Mike Anderson in the building, Albert Rowe, Trenton, uh, Jai Webb in the building, uh, Ricardo, I think I said Ricardo, Jay Peters in the building, Big Shy, what's going on with you, James in the building, Marlon Dalton, Shane Joe, man, Matt Brunin, we got the people in the building, Dynasty Barry, yeah, everybody is here, Jay, everybody is here, and uh, we got a lot to get into, so I don't want to beat around the bush, I don't want to belabor the point, because I really want to get to this QB tier stuff, so let's let's get into the news, hit us with the good shit, Jay. All right, so we're going to start in the NBA because the biggest story, I think, over the past two days for a lot of people actually was Kevin Durant potentially going to the Boston Celtics. This is for a package featuring Jalen Brown, potentially Marcus Smart was going to be involved, multiple draft picks. I mean, Ray, would you be shocked if he ended up in Boston? Boston just came off an NBA Finals appearance. They lost the Golden State Warriors. They are not trying to win over the long term. They want to win next year. And if that means getting rid of some of your players after signing Malcolm Brogdon, a pass-first point guard, more defensive-minded in some ways, but not more than Marcus Smart, but still can handle the load in the backcourt, do you think overall that he can be that piece to take them over the hump? Because I don't, but I'm Uh... curious if you believe that or not. If KD goes to Boston, he and Jason Tatum, they, uh, they're they right up there with Milwaukee as probably favorites yeah. in the East. Uh, it's just crazy, right? It seems like every two to three years, Kevin Durant is trying to join uh, a new team. But I'm sure sports fans in the Boston area uh, going from the Patriots and potentially having Kevin Durant would be pretty happy about it. So just something we got to monitor and watch over the next you know couple of weeks to figure out where he's going to play because it seems like he's out of Brooklyn. Yeah, for sure. And so we'll see what happens with that. Obviously, Kyrie Irving's still a big piece in all this as well. You want him to go to your Lakers, the Russell Westbrook factor. The NBA is a crazy news cycle. But going back to the NFL now, because that's why a lot of you are here, Justin Ross, everyone's favorite sleeper, was placed on IR and is actually season-ending IR. Mm. You know, We saw him in a walking boot at a camp a few days ago, and a, he must have broke his foot or something because for him to be out IR for the whole season, 
I mean, he's probably not going to play, and that sucks because people were trading second-round picks, third-round picks for him, drafting him in the third round of rookie drafts. We said, you know, you should probably get rid of him, but that's the bed that you lay in now, and he's not going to be playing this season. So we'll see what happens. We know the Chiefs probably could use him if he does come back, but, you know, you got to kind of just temper your expectations with Ross. I mean, if he's on waivers, you want to pick him up, put him on IR, I guess, but realistically, he's not going to be much of anything. But getting into the real news and a guy who could actually make an impact this season, Tyler Algier. It was reported by Josh Kendall of The Athletic saying that fifth-round running back um, Tyler Algier out of BYU could potentially be the starting running back for the Atlanta Falcons this season. Now, of course, Atlanta's a spot that we've been targeting a lot for running backs. Ever since Devonta Freeman left, there's been that void, and Arthur Smith coming out of Tennessee is a run-first coach. They want to build around a running back and design an offense around the running back. So there's reports that Tyler Algier could be the guy to take that rushing load in Atlanta. And, you know, we'll see what happens with Cordero Patterson because he was really good and really effective in that role. But overall, I think they need a primary rusher outside of Patterson. They can use him as a playmaker and as kind of a satellite back out of the backfield. But I think they're trying to limit his carries this season and not give him as many as they did last season. Now, he is RB designated in our fantasy leagues, but I expect him to play a little bit more wide receiver and a little bit less running back this season. So we'll see what happens with him. But Tyler Algier, definitely keep him on your radar because chances are if more positive reports come out, he could be the starting running back sooner than later in Atlanta. And then the other big story is that Julio Jones yesterday signed in Tampa Bay. What does that mean for Mike Evans, for Chris Godwin, who may be on the pub? It's a one-year deal. You know, I use the picture of Julio Jones in Atlanta. I'm just kind of forgetting about the whole Tennessee fiasco. <laughs> feels like it'll feels like it's going to be a random footnote in Julio Jones's ultimate career. But is you know, Tampa Bay is this place now where people, if you're on the edge of your career and Tom Brady wants to play with you. I mean, I don't know what it means though, because we've seen Julio Jones over the past few years. He hasn't looked like himself. I don't think he's cooked by any means. And I think he can still get deep, but I don't know what this means a ton for the offense, right? Is he Mike Evans' backup? Is he going to be more than a wide receiver for? I don't really believe so. Now there was a report that Chris Godwin is not going to be on the pup, which is encouraging, but I still don't know how much I expect him to play early on in the season. You know, we were targeting somewhere around midseason return, potentially back half playoff push where he's starting to feel like himself. Julio Jones is another receiver there. I think a lot of us on this show believe in uh, Russell Gage. And so I'm not really sure how Julio Jones fits in. But again, Tom Brady gets another weapon, a guy who can get downfield, a big body, big target who can still go over guys and catch the ball. So I don't mind the signing, but for fantasy purposes, I'm not going to get into it too much. And Ray, the biggest story that broke over the past few days, Kyler Murray's contract clause, which featured four hours a week of no video games and independent study, whatever the hell that's supposed to mean. And, you know, we made this little graphic here, Cliff Kingsbury talking to (laughs) Kyler Murray, who is photoshopped as a child, only three more Kyler and we can get a snack. And I wanted to challenge the people out there after the show is over. I want you to give me your best caption for this photo. What is Cliff Kingsbury saying to Kyler Murray? And the best photo, best caption will get a prize. We haven't determined what the prize is yet, but I want you guys to put a caption in the comments after the show. And I want to see who has the best one because this is what I thought of. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was funny. And then as well, the, uh, the other news is Chris Carson is retiring. Um, Roro did throw that in there. It's a small little yeah. footnote. So that is good because we thought he could come back and potentially have a role in this offense. We know how much... Pete Carroll does love Chris Carson. So for him to retire because of the neck neck injury is substantial because then it's just Kenneth Walker, Rashad Penny, and how does that running rack room ultimately shake up? And then furthermore, if you guys didn't see it, Clyde Edwards-Alaire's on the pup, Sammy Watkins, Michael Thomas, Hollywood Brown with a hamstring injury. Not sure what that means. And then not on the pup was James Robinson, Chris Godwin, and Jimmy Garoppolo who passed his physical yesterday. So those are kind of the major guys. And I believe also Christian Watson was on the pup. 
which is a little bit concerning for a rookie wide receiver in Green Bay. What? But other than that, yeah, you didn't. Apparently, Christian Watson is injured. We don't know what it is because it's still so early. We don't know what's going on. But yeah, he's he's limited in practice as well. So there is some reports in that regard. We'll see what happens with Christian Watson. But yeah, those are the guys that are on the pup, off the pup, and some of the major news has been breaking in the sports world so far. And of course, we haven't got into training camp news. Yeah, yet, that's Ray, not even. But <laughs> it's not even training camp news. This is just this is just the headline news right here. Um, Jay, can I can I jump in real quick with the Tyler Algier yeah. thing? Uh, Listen, to me, this is not news. I mean, when he was drafted in the fifth round back in April and they failed to add any running back of consequence, Tyler Algier potentially being the starting running back in Atlanta, this is non-news. And if it were me, the way that I would approach this in Dynasty is I'd be trying to sell him for seconds. You want to you get hype over news that's really not yeah. news? Well, then I'll trade you for a second because I'm not banking on a fifth round running back just historically to be the long-term answer at the running back position for my rosters. Uh, I, I understand the enthusiasm and, you know, we're all looking for a shot and I'm not talking about the cost of acquisition because he didn't cost you much. I'm not, this has nothing to do with how you acquire Tyler Algier, but if there are people out there that think he's going to be uh, this next great thing, I, <sighs> Maybe you wait a little bit. Maybe you wait, but I damn sure would be floating him out there uh, to move him because to me, there, there, nothing has changed from the moment he was drafted until now. Like this is this is non news to me. He this was always an outcome for him. Cordero Patterson. They've already talked about. He's not even a true running back. He's thirty. What thirty one years old? Thirty two years old? Yeah, at least this this was always an outcome for Algier. So if it's me. I mean, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to move. If if I can move him for a second rounder, any second rounder right now, I would do it. Uh, I've got a couple of shares of Algier across a bunch of dynasty leagues, and I floated it out there. Uh, Chris Carson, man, uh, prayers up to him, man. You know that neck injury. It's a brutal position, running back. NFL is not for long. Chris Carson played the game violently, aggressively. It was fun to watch. He was awesome when he was on the field, but the injuries unfortunately took a toll on him and. This is sort of what happens with, honestly, the most brutal position probably in football, uh, the running back spot. And that's why these guys cycle in and out every couple of years. So, you know, as I'm looking ahead and I'm looking at these bruising running backs and who sort of runs like that now and trying to predict where the drop off is, you know, that's what we do over in our Discord, patreon.com forward slash all gas is try to figure out, where, you know, where's the cliff for these running backs. Uh, it's funny, the, the, the Tampa Bay stuff, Jay. For a minute, the Tampa Bay offense was looking kind of shaky, right? No Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette was fat, and then all of a sudden, yeah. Godwin's not going to be on the pup, Leonard Fournette's drop weight, they signed Julio Jones, and it just looks like Tom Brady's about to have a litany of weapons again. I kind of disagree with you. I don't think I don't I don't think Julio was washed washed, but he's soaking. He's like, you know, your 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 washing machine has like a pre-soak option before it starts yeah. to wash your clothes. He's soaking right now. He's 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 real close to being washed. Um, I don't know, man. I, I you know, again, cost of acquisition. Julio probably cost you little to nothing Zero. to get. I just the expectations are low for me for him in that offense. It, it, it's it's super low, man. But I think it says a lot, too, about the guys behind those core three, right? We we love Gage, we love Mike Evans, and we love Chris Godwin. But the problem is, is that behind him, it's supposed to be Tyler Johnson. It's supposed to be Scotty Miller. It's supposed to be Jalen Dart and all these guys. And they're bringing in Julio Jones. And maybe that's because of Tom Brady. Maybe that's because, you know, Julio Jones, future Hall of Famer, elite talent, one of the best receivers we've ever seen, like, 
maybe that's part of it, right? And and I think in a lot of ways, Tampa's seen Julio Jones terrorize them for what the past ten years, and so they're like, oh, we should probably go and get that guy if he's available and nobody wants him. At least bring him in, see what he's got, and another veteran receiver for Tom Brady because we know that he's liking throwing to those vets. They brought in AB because Tom Brady wanted them to, and I think it's a similar situation. But definitely do not expect the same production out of Julio Jones that we got out of Antonio Brown. But for me, like I said, you know, wide receiver four at best, I think, on that offense. Yeah. If everyone's healthy. And I think that's including if Chris Godwin is potentially limited. I still don't think he sees more reps than uh, than Chris Godwin would, even even if he is on the field a little bit. Jay, let me ask you a question real quick, uh, because you hit on the players who aren't starting on PUP. Chris Godwin, James Robinson. And we kind of we touched on it on Monday because it had the yeah. news had just kind of popped off when we started the show. But, you know, I'm watching videos, I'm, I'm reading beat report. I'm doing that, the same thing that we're doing. What, what is your, now that we've had a couple of days to marinate on this, on this topic, what, what do you think is going to happen in that Jacksonville backfield, right, between Travis Etienne and James Robinson? Do you think it's going to be close to a 50-50 split? Do you believe that it's all Travis Etienne and James Robinson is just purely a backup? I don't think that's the case. Uh, personally, just my opinion, from a football standpoint, they're going to use two running backs. I can't I can't even try to predict or assume what the split is going to be, but I don't think James Robinson, if healthy, and if he's active week one, is going to hold the clipboard for Travis Etienne. So does this... Does this sort of, you know, kind of damper your ETN expectations and, 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 and just feelings going into this year? And just which, what's your thoughts on, on that backfield situation? So I think to your point, it's not going to be a majority share. Like, I don't think either one has over 50% of the workload. You know, you're probably looking at somewhere in the realm of 40% for both guys. I think they could get something pretty similar, which would be actually really great for ETN because I still think we expect him to get somewhere around 50 to 60 targets. And so if he gets 150 carries on top of that, that's about 200 opportunities as a rookie or, you know, first year in the, in the NFL. So I think that's actually a pretty good outcome for ETN. Is it what I was expecting? Not necessarily. I was hoping he could maybe get to the 200 carry threshold which I think would be really good for him, especially in his first season. Um, but if James Robinson's there and healthy, he's probably going to dominate the rushing share. But I think for fantasy purposes, we all expect him to be the pass catching back. And that's where his value is really going to come from. As far as the Jags, though, like I think they may just mix and match a little bit. I'm sure ETN will be the primary goal line guy. And, and I could see that a little bit too, right? It's, it's interesting to see how this could ultimately shake out because I don't know if, if ETM becomes a guy between the 20s, he has very little value, right? Like we've seen how quickly he goes down in the college. So is that going to translate to the NFL? Can he break tackles at the NFL level if he's not outside the, the hash marks? And so there's a few things we need to see from ETN, I think, to where we can say he's going to have a really high ceiling at running back. And if James Robinson is, you know, kind of back that we expect him to be, he could really be a thorn on the side of ETN owners and people who are expecting him to do big things this season. But again, Doug Peterson, man, week to week, month to month, we don't know what the hell they're going to do. So I think, that standpoint is going to be frustrating and hard for fantasy managers overall. All right. All right. We've, 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 we've delayed long enough. I, I just got to do it, man. We, we got to go back to that. We got to talk about this shit, man. This is, this is Jay, the, the confusion across <laughs> mainstream media and social media over an addendum to his contract. Understand what's going on here. This wasn't, this wasn't, this 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 four hour study clause was not like in the initial contract. Like they drafted the contract and somebody went back. I'm assuming the Arizona Cardinals. They went back and said, "Hey, we need to add this." Right? 
this quarterback that we're going to give 105 guaranteed 105 million guaranteed dollars to we need to put a clause in there that he does some independent study on his own four hours per week jay i'm listening to agents i'm watching people are like i've never never seen this in a contract in, in my career right and it just makes you think like does this impact us for fantasy? Absolutely not. I, I don't think so. I, I, he's on the field. He's the starting quarterback. He's going to run a lot. He's going to throw a lot. He's going to score points. He's going to score touchdowns. Zero fantasy impact. But just from a football standpoint, like how I, – I, I don't get – this is this is wild to me to see this in a contract, Jay. Like, like I put – I should – I'm going to start putting this in Destination Devi contracts. Hey, Jay Rich, if, if you, in order for you to get paid, if you want this money, you got to make sure you prepare for wake up in the mornings. You got you to gotta put 30 minutes a day in. Uh, like, this is, is this not insane to you, bro? Just on a basic level of fulfilling your job duties. This is an NFL quarterback. This is, and they have to put, hey, man, when you're, when you're studying, you can't be playing video games. You can't be doing this. Just four hours of prep. And then I, I read a, a comment, I believe it was a quote from Kyler that pretty much said, and I'm paraphrasing, like, you know, it's it's a feel thing. I never have had to study like that. I just get on the field and I see it before it happens and, and all this other <laughs> shit. He's got a crystal ball up there and he can just yeah. see things before it happens, right? What are, just what are your thoughts on this entire situation that they had to go back and add this to Kyler Murray's contract? I think it was a really, really, really stupid move on the part of the Arizona Cardinals. Like, I, when you really think about it, I you could say it looks bad on Kyler Murray all you want, but in my opinion, it looks far worse on Arizona. It just does. Like, the thing that I didn't know, Ray, maybe maybe you did know this, but apparently, you know, with the iPads they have, the, the teams can track how much they yeah. use them, what they watch, like all this stuff. So they know how much Kyler's studying tape, not studying tape, and all those kind of things. Um, so that's, of course, you know, technology kind of biting everyone in the ass. But when you talk about this situation for Arizona, if you're going to pay a guy $230 million, if you're going to give him $160 million guaranteed, if you're going to give him 105 at signing, like you said, how on earth could you possibly think this is going to be a good idea? How could you think this is going to be a good idea? Because at, at the end of the day, he's getting that money regardless. You yeah. have to pay him. Yeah. So all you're doing is opening up this Pandora's box <laughs> to say, we don't think he studies tape. Oh, Kyler, you don't study tape. We need you to study tape and you need to do four hours a week. Like that is going to make a difference for an NFL quarterback. You and I could study tape four hours a week and it wouldn't make a damn difference on the field. People talk about quarterback study tape 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day, as much as they possibly can. And I think it just looks bad. I think they're just, I think at the end of the day, it just feels but like. But why does it look bad? Why does it look, look bad really on bad. Arizona, though? Like, I don't, I don't see how because, it looks. If I'm Arizona, I think it looks smart on them because no, here's the thing that I heard. No. Here's what I heard. Here's what I heard. The only reason they put that in is because they have legitimate concerns and they want to be able to go after that money at some point. If he's not doing the things that's required to be a $160 million quarterback, they're going to go after the money. Like, how does this make Arizona? I, I don't I don't understand how this makes I, I, Arizona look bad at it, all. It just, 
to me, it just makes them look like fools. Like, it, uh, you're no, not going to win because you got to do it. You eye. have to do it. You're not going to not sign him. You're not going to not sign Kyler Murray because. But that's despite- my whole point. So putting this in here just opens yourself up to criticism for for no reason. It, Ray, it, four hours a week is nothing. Like it's it's nothing. He he could sit there on a Monday on an off day and go do it, and th- there's his four hours a week done, and he could fuck off for the rest that- of the week. But that's listen. I, I get that, right? But that's I mean that's that's no different than anybody else. That's no different than a regular job. I think what Arizona, if he chooses, if if that's what he does, and we don't know the tracking capabilities, but uh, I think it was smart of Arizona to put that the the reason why it was there. It's not an accident. It's not in everybody's contract. They have legitimate concerns about him not preparing the way that they feel he needs to prepare to be successful on Sundays. So for them to put that in, I think that's a very smart move of Arizona. Now, the the real thing is how the hell did that get out? Like, why does yeah. that get out? Like, and maybe it's, I don't know. Maybe NFL contracts are all public and you could just go look them up. You can just go find everybody's deal and look at the inner workings. But how did that get released? It wasn't, it wasn't by accident. I, I don't believe that this makes Arizona look bad at all. If anything, but if you were, but if you were trying to sign in Arizona and you know, they like, again, it just, I don't think, it, I don't think it has all any, of them. I, I just, if you're an NFL know, player, you should be studying. I don't think this looks bad on Arizona at all, man. I, don't, I do not see how this makes Arizona look bad, but we've got to get into, we got to get into these quarterback tiers, Jay, because there was an article uh, from, uh, well, shit, we didn't even go through the training camp blurb. You want to just run through yeah, that real quick? skipped it all. Yeah, skip. Well, go, I mean, go, go, go. Let's go through training camp, bro. What's going on in training camp? All right, camp? so we'll start we need to know about. Cliff Kingsbury said Marquise Brown's going to play a large part in the offense. Oh, and okay. Rondale Moore will have a huge absence in the mm. – or huge role in the absence of Christian Kirk. Mm. And then the one thing I did want people to know is that apparently, according to Dennis Allen, Taysom Hill is going to provide multiple roles for the Saints offense and potentially take snaps at quarterback. This is a guy who's tight end, tight end designated in fantasy leagues. And if he gets any – bro, I'm telling you, if he gets any work – I want Taysom Hill on my roster. If he's on waivers, go pick him up. Deontay Johnson is not expected to sit out in training camp, so that is a big, big piece of news for the Steelers. That was reported by Mike Tomlin, so obviously that's a source that we definitely trust. Yep. Traylon Burks passed all his conditioning drills, and Vrabel said he had a good few days and is ready for camp right now. And then the biggest thing I've noticed so far is the Jaguars. A lot of reports are coming out of Jaguars camp from uh, their beat reporter, Jamal St. Cyr, and he said there's bi- potentially big plans for Evan Ingram, uh, the tight end. He's only running a lot of deep routes. He's the only tight end running a lot of deep routes. And apparently Zay Jones may be the starting X receiver for the Jaguars, what? and Christian Kirk would be playing in the slot. Yeah. So that's interesting because we thought Christian Kirk may be more of an X, but it's looking like Zay Jones is going to be the X in Jacksonville. And on top of that, apparently Trevor Lawrence is dotting balls like left and right, just pl- having an excellent camp. And then as well, Kyle Mm. Shanahan, you know, in his opening presser for the 49ers did say that they are moving on to Trey Lance. You know, like I talked about Jimmy G past his physical. They're just waiting for him to kind of continue. Doug McDermott said Dave Davis has to earn the number two role in Buffalo. But he did say that he, yeah, he did say he has to earn it. But he said he has all the confidence that he can take that role. But he didn't say it's his role. He said he has to earn it in camp and win that job. But beat reporters say that he looks noticeably bigger and quicker, like as reported that he bulked up. And then I don't know if you saw Bill Belichick said that Mac Jones is looking like he has dramatic improvements in his game. He's actually doing a press conference today, so I'm excited to see that, to see what he says. But Bill was talking about how he said where he's at right now compared to last season 
head and shoulders above. He said his offseason preparation has really prepared him for this day and that he's looking really, really good early in camp. And then a quote from a Rams reporter was saying that it was receiver Allen Robinson's first training camp practice with the Rams, but he didn't look new. Robinson impressed with his body control and several catches, and Stafford called him out in the news conference for a contested catch in a on a red zone fade. So a lot of interesting little tidbits from training camp. Yeah. Oh, and the other one I missed was Josh Palmer, op- slated to open as the wide receiver three for the Chargers, is another big Sell one. Josh, that somebody in here, somebody in here. This chat is a big Josh Palmer fan. Go sell his ass. You can go get a second, move him. Listen, I think Mac Jones is going to take a huge step forward. I'm very excited about what he can become. You look at all of his passing efficiency metrics, and they were off the charts for a rookie quarterback. I get it. Doesn't have the best surrounding cast, but I, I, I am predicting and anticipating a massive step forward for Mac Jones in 2022. As much as people still want to be on the Zach Wilson train, I don't feel as confident saying that about Wilson. And as much as I love Justin Fields, I don't feel as confident about the Chicago Bears situation surrounding Justin Fields with talent to say that I think he's going to take a massive step forward in year two. But I am there with Mac Jones. I I, I just think he's a he's a good NFL quarterback and the peripherals match it. It just would be nice to have uh, some weapons around him. Allen Robinson, we've talked about him all damn offseason. I think he's going to be right up there for comeback player of the year. He should be a 1,000-yard receiver. And the fact that his receiving yard prop right now in prospects is 850 yards, I think that's a smash over. If you want free money, uh, go to Prize Picks, use the promo code WAKEUP, and hit over Allen Robinson 850 receiving yards this season. That should be a smash. I'm, I like Jay, Zay Jones is fine. When they when he's out there, he's not bad. So there you go. Deep threat for Trevor Lawrence. Seems like LaVisca Chenault is all but done. And, um, <laughs> in he was praised for his run blocking, though, in, in training oh, camp. So awesome. there's that aspect of it. Yeah. All right. Well, run blocking. Okay. All right. Now we're going to get into the report from The Athletic. The article from The Athletic, Mike Sando uh, gave out his 2022 quarterback tiers, Jay. And everybody was talking about these quarterback tiers. And let's see how these tiers differ from how we feel about these players in fantasy football. But, Jay... Here go the top 10 quarterbacks, according to this athletic article from Mike Sando. Tier 1, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, and Joe Cool, Joey B, Joe Burrow, number 6, inside Tier 1. And then the Tier 2 quarterbacks, top 10, Matthew Stafford, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson as a Tier to quarterback Jay when you when you went through and saw this list and you know I'll let you touch on some of the other quarterbacks that let's just round out the top 14 let's give you let's give you the next four Dak Prescott at 11 Derek Carr at 12 Kyler Murray uh, at uh, 13 and Matt Ryan 14th and those are also tier two quarterbacks what do you think about this old list and the tier one quarterbacks in particular um, I think tier one is a little big in my opinion, but maybe part of it is just like, you know, I would probably subset these quarterbacks further and that's fine. Uh, I, I honestly, I, people may not like it, but I didn't have a huge problem with the list. You know, if you actually look at the history of the list, a lot of it is a little bit recency bias based, right? So for a player like Lamar Jackson should be a tier one guy if healthy and playing well, but if he's not, then, you know, I could see him being in tier two. Now, there was some quotes about Lamar Jackson that were a little bit further than just tier two or below. 
But, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers being one, a lot of people, especially NFL minds, love Aaron Rodgers. And this was uh, – there was 50 they coaches do. that were asked and surveyed. And so I'm not shocked at all that Aaron Rodgers is number one. You know, you can say Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Josh Allen, but, like, Aaron Rodgers is, what, 38, 39 years old, been in the league forever. We know he's super smart. We know he throws the ball with the cannon. You know he reads defenses super well. Like, I'm not shocked at all that a team – still wants Aaron Rodgers as their number one quarterback. And I believe he was the number one quarterback by a lot of guys, not just half or three quarters of the crowd. It was like the large majority of the league. It was saying Aaron Rodgers. Um, But I think the most questionable one is Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert being in tier one, in my opinion. I love Justin Herbert, but there's a lot of quotes saying, you know, you see the potential, but he hasn't really won a whole lot. Right. And so that's kind of why Joe Burrow. no, no, this is about Herbert, right? Because oh, Burrow Herbert? went to the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, he, yeah. He, he showed that he could win. And it's only his second season. but So you, those are kind of the two guys that I think, based off the criteria that we've seen, I don't know if Herbert and Burrow necessarily belong in there. Like Josh Allen's done it for a few years now to where he's he deserves to be in Tier 1. It was his first year in Tier 1. Herbert, you know, his first time in Tier 1. Obviously, Burrow's first time in Tier 1. The other three guys have been in Tier 1, I believe, for the past three seasons. So they've been cemented as Tier 1 guys for a while per this list. Um, I think Allen deserves to be there. Herbert could definitely be in there based off the talent, but the merit, in my opinion, and the accolades that you kind of need to be in Tier 1, I don't think he's quite there yet. And then Burrow, I think, is another guy that people don't really expect, but a lot of guys are saying, you know, what he did with that offensive line is why he deserves to be in tier one. And people believe that this year we're going to see it with an improved offensive line, just how good Joe Burrow really is. And I think that's the reason why people are putting him in tier one this season, at least off the report and some of the quotes that have been said about Joe Burrow in the piece. Quote is Joe Burrow was a young Tom Brady, a young Tom Brady. Hmm. Interesting. And this this quote was interesting from from an Aaron Rodgers top top quarterback standpoint. Tom Brady has had a more the more decorated career with 10 Super Bowl appearances and seven rings. Uh, Is that right? He's gone to 10 Super Bowls. Good Lord. Uh, But I will say this. An offensive coach said Aaron Rodgers has helped elevate every player on that offense. Brady with Nikhil Harry did not elevate his game. Um that's a hilarious quote. Uh, that that seems that seems a little straw man, but you know, uh, yeah. and yes, everybody out there, this is this is not a fantasy football uh, list. This is just a quarterback list. NFL, Aaron Rodgers at one, Tom Brady at three. I, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know. I, I get it. Scott said back to back MVP, most efficient QB in history. It's hard to argue it. Uh, Burrow and, and Herbert. The biggest one is Lamar not being inside tier one and shit, barely making the top 10. And the quote from an anonymous GM said, uh, he's so unique as an athlete and he's a really good football player. No shit. But I don't care if he wins the league MVP 12 times. I don't think he'll ever be a one as a quarterback. He'll be a one as a football player, but not as a quarterback. So many games come down to two minute and that's why they have a hard time advancing even when they are a good offense, playoffs are tight. You have to have you have to be able to throw the ball, and he's just so inconsistent throwing the ball. It's hit or miss. Yet his career record, playoff and regular season, is forty one and seventeen. Uh, doesn't seem like they've had a hard time winning with him at quarterback. It seems like uh, you know that offense has had a a bad string of injuries, a devoid of talent at the wide receiver position, which. I mean, outside of Rashad Bateman, which we hope he's good in year two, and Mark Andrews, who else does Lamar Jackson really have? But to put him as as tenth and the like the 
damn near the back of tier two seems a little seems a little egregious to me. Uh, Jay, you want to hit us with tier three real quick so people people would know who's not in tier three. Uh, some of our twenty twenty one favorite quarterbacks. <laughs> I was, I think one thing I just want to point out that I couldn't believe that Matt Ryan made tier two. Like, yeah, I just that was surprising to me. Matt he feels Ryan like a tier, tier three two. guy. Yeah, so tier three is Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo, second in tier three, Ryan mm. Tannehill, Mac Jones, Baker Mayfield, Jalen Hurts, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Trevor Lawrence, and Jameis Winston rounds out tier three. Ray, how do you feel about this tier? Do you think that Trevor Lawrence belongs in tier three, or should he really be in tier four? Do you think that the quarter these general general, general managers? coaches, whatever, are giving Trevor Lawrence more respect than he deserves to be in Tier 3 and, frankly, in the tier with Mac Jones. I think the way that I'm approaching this is it's just it's interesting what other NFL executives think of the quarterbacks that we love in fantasy. You know, we're, we talk about Jalen Hurts as a top eight quarterback, and he is, right? Top eight, top ten dynasty quarterback. But just, you know, watching the temperature – of the NFL and how they feel about these guys. It's interesting. And I think, you know, you're saying you're surprised that Matt Ryan is in, you know, tier two, but when you just look at what he does, he's a good quarterback, right? He can read defenses. Yeah. He can pass the ball. He's accurate. Uh, he's, you know, even at his, at his advanced age, he's still a very effective thrower of the football. And, you know, you look at why these execs are not as high on Lamar Jackson, but, there goes Matt Ryan there. So it, it's not shocking to see. It's shocking to see Hurts down here tied with Carson Wentz. But it's also the other side of that is it's kind of not shocking. And I do yeah. think that Trevor Lawrence being in there just sort of shows you that I think people are giving him a mulligan for the Urban Meyer failed experience last year. And I know you're mm -hmm. you don't really agree with that. You are you're on the fence of he was bad. I'm grading him on what he put on wax. He was terrible. But I think the more people are more flexible with the approach for Trevor Lawrence and saying that situation, I don't know how it can get any worse than what he had to deal with last year with Urban Meyer. So I'm not shocked to see Trevor Lawrence inside of Tier 3. But Tier 4, is is this just seems like a, a, a dynasty manager's uh, – just these are the quarterbacks that I see along a lot of dynasty teams. You got Justin Fields, Tua, Davis Mills, Zach Wilson at 28, Trey Lance, Daniel Jones, Marcus Mariota, Sam Darnold, Mitch Trubisky, and Drew Locke round out Tier 4. And there's only one quarterback in Tier 5, and that's Geno Smith. But Herbert, Tua, Mills, Wilson, Lance, all in Tier 4. And I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that after this season, Trey Lance will propel himself um, inside of Tier 2. I think he's going to have a phenomenal season. Right now, Jay, his rushing yard prop on prize picks is 425 yards. Uh, that seems like a smash Ooh. over. Again, free Ooh. money. I think Trey Lance is going to push 4,000 rushing yards this season in Kyle Shanahan's offense, so uh, he's going to move up. But is, this is the temperature. This is what the NFL thinks of all these quarterbacks, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens with, with Lamar Jackson's contract, but also Jalen Hurts is going to need to be paid, right? We want to see if Mac Jones is going to take a step forward in New England this year. What is Justin Fields? going? What's going to happen with Fields? Fields goes out there and struggles this year in Chicago, even if it's not his fault, Chicago hasn't surrounded him with a bunch of talent. How short is his leash going to be in year three? Because I think for the most part, we are not anticipating Chicago to have an all-world type team, right? Offensively, just there's not a lot of weaponry there. There's not a lot of explosive players. 
Yeah. You got David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, Darnell Mooney's a beast. Cole Komet is an ascending tight end. But outside of that, Byron Pringle, Velas Jones, Equinemia St. Brown, just it, 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 there's not a lot to get you excited about in that offense. So what's going to happen with Atua if with J- uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, they don't succeed yeah. or they finish uh, – Eight and nine. They finished seven and ten with Tua at quarterback. Zach Wilson throw. These are outcomes that are these these are realistic outcomes this this season for these guys. And I know a lot of dynasty managers are rostering these guys with their fingers, their arms, their eyes, their toes, their legs crossed, hoping to God that these dudes hit this year. Uh, where are you at with these guys, man? NFL teams are like, oh, these quarterbacks kind of stink right now. These Zach Wilsons and Tua's and Fields and and all these guys. Where are you at with this, this these these beloved 2020, 2021 quarterback favorites? I think that we need to be honest about the situation, right? And people want to hold on to these guys as potential players and potential players for their fantasy teams. But like, if you're in tier four, that means you're on the brink of potentially being replaced. Like, let's be honest, the only guy who I think won't be replaced are Justin Fields and Zach Wilson. And even Justin Fields, I don't really know how the coaching regime, the the front office feels about him. But I think that Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, obviously are locked in, but the rest of them are all replaceable level quarterbacks. Then going even, even into tier three, towards the bottom of tier three is still replaceable quarterbacks, right? If you're not, even Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo, Ryan Tannehill, they're, they're all replaceable quarterbacks. And so if you're looking at this list and you're seeing your quarterback who's not in tier two, you got to be like, whoa, because to your point about Matt Ryan, there was a big market for Matt Ryan. People thought he'd go to the Colts because it was the best situation. But clearly, the NFL agrees with the fact that Matt Ryan can be a difference maker for an NFL franchise or else he would not be in this tier two, right? And I think that is part of what we need to do better from a fantasy perspective, as if we're talking about fantasy here, is that we always want to be right. We want to make all the predictions and we want to pick the best guys. But it's like, wait a minute, like let's take a step back. Jalen Hurts is a quarterback that we love for fantasy, mm-hmm. but he's ranked 20 list of 35 quarterbacks. If he doesn't get a contract extension, we should not be surprised because we know that he, NFL no, don't, don't, don't feel you're on a roll. He's going to get a contract. He's going to get another but, contract. But I'm saying it's like these are things that we need to pay attention to. Yes. And the reason why taking him is still a risk, even though you may love him and I love him and I've taken him. You, we talked about it. I took him in our, our $100 league. I took Jalen Hurts, my quarterback one. But if things don't shake out for him and things look bad, we should not be entirely surprised because this is how the NFL feels about this player. He get another chance, all these things. And I totally understand that. But we, I think if you're, if you're a dynasty manager right now, you want him in Philly, right? And I think just looking at this list, I see a bunch of guys that could be great, but if they're not, you maybe look at this list and you'd be like, damn, like maybe I should have thought about this more when I'm investing large draft capital into some of these players. Like you're talking about the Zach Wilson's, Justin Fields. Like these are highly drafted players in fantasy with seemingly low, I guess, low notoriety across the NFL. And that's kind of the problem with me right now is that we kind of ignore this in fantasy, but it is really important in my opinion. There's a lot of chatter about the goalposts for Lamar, the goalposts for Justin Herbert. It's funny because as I looked at this list, I just scrolled past Herbert because I'm like, yeah, he's a tier one guy. And I get what people are saying, right? Like, what has Herbert done? He hasn't won. He hasn't he hasn't been successful in the playoffs. But it's kind of made it, the playoffs. He hasn't. Well, that's what I mean. He hasn't been successful in the playoffs. He hasn't made the playoffs. But it's kind of like you, you kind of just know it when you see it, right? You're like, this dude's good. Like, there's like, I just I get it. He does not have the resume 
that stacks up with even a Lamar Jackson right now. No way. It, you know, I, I think the way that I look at this is it's not an indictment against Herbert, but it's more of an egregious sort of placement of Lamar Jackson. Like, why is Lamar so low? I have no problem with Herbert being at five, personally. I mean, you just, you see the, it's not just, it's it's everything, man. It's, it's he's calm, he's got the arm talent, he has the rushing up, he's got mobility. Like, you just see it, right? You just... Even though the resume doesn't stack up yet, you just know he's good. Like, you just know it. So why why play that? It's not as much of a guessing game as we are with, like, a Trey Lance. Like, with Trey Lance, I'm, 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 I think he's going to be really good, but I haven't seen it. I've seen Herbert from the moment he was inserted as the starting quarterback when Tyrod Taylor had his mishap. Like, he's been good every game, and he's only getting better. It's, it's crazy to see how good he is this quickly. So I don't have a problem with Justin Herbert. But I do have a problem with Lamar, and I'm kind of looking at, like, damn, Dak outside the top 10, you know, it's, it's tough. And as, like, the, uh, the, the other takeaway, Jay, is let's just say we take Aaron Rodgers off of this list. Let's say we remove Aaron Rodgers, we remove, uh, who else is old, Tom Brady, you know, and so now we got a list of eight, and then you bump up, uh, you know, Dak Prescott, Derek Carr, Kyler Murray. Where's the room? I'm, I'm, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna full circle this thing, and we might talk about it on Friday. Where's the room for C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson and Bryce Young Rain. and Will Levis? No like where where do these guys fit in? Like real talk, man. They, there are people out here, man. Jay. There they are don't. people who are banking on the 2023 yeah. class to solve their quarterback issues in Dynasty. Where, where the hell Not, do they fit in, man? Even they if you take out, take out Stafford, fuck it, take out Stafford, take, and, and now you just move Kyler up. Like, where do those guys fit in in the NFL? And before you say, well, no one thought Herbert was going to be good, okay, I get it. I, I get it, right? There, there's there's some misses here and there, but where where are these 23 quarterbacks? When do they slide into the top 10, man? I, just, I, I think people are playing a dangerous game. Oh, I'll just get my quarterbacks next year. First of all, you got to hit on the right guy. Like, that's first. Yeah. And then that guy has, has to actually be good in the NFL. And we know that just because you're the number one or number two overall pick, that doesn't mean you're going to be great in the NFL. And then they've got to be better than the guys that are already up there. Like, where do they fit in? Yeah, I mean, to, to your point, they don't really. Like, that's just the truth. Um, this list obviously catered more to winning quarterbacks in the sense of Matt Stafford, Russell Wilson. You know, Watson isn't quite there, but there is some really interesting stats about Watson that do back the fact that he's a great quarterback. Um, but CJ Stroud and Bryce Young, man, it's it's tough because, again, we're projecting them to be on teams that aren't that good, you know. Of the teams that need quarterbacks right now, maybe the Giants could be good. I think Atlanta could be good. Outside of that, like, maybe Detroit could be good. Um, they have some pieces, but they're not quite there yet. I just, I don't really know what to expect of these guys, honestly. Like they just feel like they're guys that can come in and replace a Kirk Cousins, can replace a Jimmy Garoppolo, can replace a Ryan Tannehill, a Baker Mayfield, a Carson Wentz. Like these are guys that are tier three guys. They're starting quarterbacks in the NFL, but they're not guys that we want in dynasty fantasy football, right? Like they don't really have a ton of rushing upside. If you don't have that and you're not Matt Stafford or you're not Aaron Rodgers, like it's tough to crack that top 10. It really is. you got to be really good on say, a really good team. I don't want to say you don't want them, but I think, Jay, and we've talked about this, Scott Connor in our Discord, like, we've, we've, we talk about this every day. Every day. On, the, on our Discord voice chat, every day. 
I think Jay's got it. He's got five first next year, and his goal is to trade for a top quarterback. I'm not saying I don't want a couple of shares of Stroud or Young or Levis or Anthony Richardson, but I'm not I'm not banking my dynasty future at the quarterback yeah. position on those guys. I am Jay, and we haven't even discussed this. Uh, Scott and Eric's pod, uh, where uh, on de- I, I encourage you all to listen to the episode that dropped on Saturday. Scott Connor and Eric Vanek, and they went over warp data, wins above replacement, right? Like replacement level players, quarterback and tight end. You don't want to play around with those two positions, man. Like the replacement level players you get. With those guys compared to wide receiver and, and running back, and running back is even a little like we could get into that. But you you want to make sure that you've got your quarterback and tight end situations figured out over a sample size. Now the sample size from Adiko only goes back 2017, but just looking at it, you don't want to play around with that position in dynasty and in particular superflex. So uh, all I'm saying is if you've got an option to get one of the one of the uh, a top quarterback in the NFL. Uh, for some for some picks, I, I think that may be a more sound a sound approach than banking on some of these twenty twenty three quarterbacks. Because again, I just pull this list up and say, tell me where those guys fit in. And I, I already saw the comment. I tried to preempt. I tried to preempt this. Oh, you didn't think Justin Herbert would be there? Okay, one one guy, one guy that we didn't think would be up there, right? That's inside you know, top 10 NFL quarterbacks. And I agree, Scott, from a football standpoint, Deshaun Watson, I'm taking Deshaun Watson over Joe Burrow, personally. If, if this were yeah, my list, 100%. if this were my list, I'm not even going to argue Rodgers. I'm not going to argue Tom Brady because they are tier one quarterbacks, but I'm taking, I'm taking Deshaun Watson ahead of Joe Burrow 10 out of 10 times in a dynasty startup in an NFL startup. I don't care. I want Deshaun Watson, man. Want Deshaun Watson, and yes, Adiko Adeko puts out great stuff. But uh, it's 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 all good information. It's 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 fun to talk about, and it's interesting to see how these NFL teams or NFL GMs and executives value these quarterbacks. Jay, before we get out of get out of here, anything else you want to say to the people? Anything else? I mean, they got to get their captions in at the end of the show for the uh, the Kyler Murray Kyler Murray. Yeah, yeah. Get your graphic. get your captions in. We'll tweet this out. Best caption is going to win. Uh, uh, we'll gotta put something. it on YouTube though. Do it for the algo. Yeah, you gotta comment on YouTube, and we'll find the best caption. Make sure you're following because we can't. Like, I can't message you on YouTube. So if you're watching this, you gotta like follow the Wake Up account and DM us. That way, we can get your contact information and send you a. We'll send you a Destination Devi shirt. The best caption for this. We'll send you a Destination Devi shirt, and then we'll update this. We're probably gonna use this throughout the season. Honestly, Jay. And we'll just update it with captions as Kyler Murray stinks it up. Whenever he has a bad game and throws a bunch of picks, we'll pull that up and then we'll throw the the winning caption. They'll just be featured time and time again on the show. So make sure you're following uh, the Wake Up account. We appreciate y'all tapping in today. Uh, Thank y'all for being here, joining in. And uh, we'll be back on Friday. So subscribe to the show, comment for the algorithm, tap into the newsletter. Y'all have a fantastic freaking Wednesday. And we'll be back to talk about more overreaction from the training camp world in the NFL come Friday. Y'all have a great day. We out of this thing. Peace.